www.digitalwrestlezone.com. Today's date is November 27th, 2021, and then happy belated Thanksgiving to you all. I uh, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. You had some good meals, some good time with family, friends, um, and uh, watched a little bit of football. I just happened to finish my leftover right before I did this episode five of MLW Fusion Fight Reports. And man, I am stuffed, but I am satisfied with what has happened on Major League Wrestling this past week on Fusion on Thanksgiving. They're very special episode that uh, the past couple of years, uh, MLW has really embraced the tradition of uh, having wrestling on Thanksgiving. And uh, sure enough, they literally put it on Thanksgiving night. They aired this episode of Fusion. And uh, what a good episode it was. Um, just a lot of newsworthy things to happen, a lot of story developments, and it just feels like a like a, a new path. And I think that was really exemplified the week before at War Chamber with the tension of Contra Unit. And they're seemingly now breakup. It appears that Contra is done, at least very much for the time being. And, um, you know, uh, that was reaffirmed in this episode uh, when Alex Hammerstone uh, said he definitively thinks that Contra is done. And then there's also reports from Fightful stating that uh, Contra, yeah, it's it's a tabled, tabled gimmick right now or a tabled faction. And, uh, you know, that's pretty evident, too, by by watching this episode. You can tell that they're really hammering that point home. Um, and that's how the show started, too. Uh, they had a little video package, I believe. And then um, we went into business, basically. Like, there was all the hype for what was going on. And this was a eventful set of matches, three matches that happened. We had big debut, a big return. And then uh, the, also the determination of who will be in the Opera Cup finals. And that's how the show started via matches, was with the Opera Cup semifinal fight between TJP and... Calvin Tankman. A lot of story going around this one. The fact that um, Tankman and Alex Kane have been butting heads after uh, Kane and King Mo proposed that Tankman joins America Top Team. Tankman said he considered it initially, but then he was like, no, I don't need you guys. You guys need probably need me more than anything else. And then they attacked him. And then uh, Kane, who happens to be an alternate in the uh, Opera Cup tournament, was really trying to get in there and take Tankman out. And that was the, that was the talk of the show, I believe uh, two weeks ago or so, but it was confirmed that uh, Tankman would be ready to roll and uh, he would be in this match. And sure enough, he came out and he displayed his power against TJP, flinging him around the ring back and forth. Um, TJP fought on and did some, tried to change his game plan up. And the story was he brought a water bottle to the ring and he said it, at the commentator's table. And he told, he was like telling Joe Jabrowski and uh, Rich Pacini to watch, watch his water bottle. And uh, after he got flung around a couple of times, he went for a powder and took a swig of water. Little do we know though, that uh, TJP would go in and for some reason, put the water bottle under the ring, goes back in the ring and uh, he, him and Tankman duke it out for a little bit more. Uh, you know, there comes to a point in time too, where, uh, you know, TJP does get some offense in, but it ultimately is the show of Tankman and his ability to, to fight. And like uh, TJP focuses on Tankman's leg a lot of the time. But who comes out but Alex Kane in a mysterious big associate uh, that we do not know the name of or identity of. But he's standing there and uh, they're watching on. Sure enough, they get involved, though, and they pull uh, 
I think it's Tangman gets uh, just attacked on the outside initially and gets put back in the ring. But Tangman fights on. Um, there's a lot that goes on. Uh, I want to give you the full details of what happens here in the match. I have the results up here. Uh, written on MLW.com by me. But you can also check them out on WrestleZone.com. We cover both of them. So um, let's see. Like I said, uh, yeah, he gets booted and suplexed by uh, the associate and Kane. And then he gets back in the ring as Kane watches on. TJP rakes the back of Tankman with a heel boot. It's a pretty cool. It's like simple, but like it looks fierce. Like him just scratching, like laying in on the Tankman's back with his boot. It's like intense. Um, but then there's some. There's this awesome spot where uh, Tankman does this pop up back elbow fist, and uh, man, it was intense. He knocks TJP down, uh, goes for a backbreaker, and uh, TJP kicks out. Uh, the two men fight it out, uh, and then uh, oh, I'm sorry. That then that's when the back fist happens. But uh, TJP goes up top and meets him for a high suplex attempt. TJP headbutts Tank off as Tank grabs hold of TJP. TJP yanks off the turnbuckle pad, the middle turnbuckle pad. And once more, TJP plays interference with the referee. So he distracts the referee and Kane and his assistant, who we don't know the name of at this time, throws Tankman into the turnbuckle. Tankman then later on leaps off with his Mamba splash and gets the one, two, three to advance in the tournament to the finals. So the finals will be TJP versus Davey Richards. And this uh, has been... They fought one another already. That was Davey Richards' debut singles match in MLW. And DJ, not DJ, Davey Richards won clean against TJP. And then that kind of escalated more of their feud as they bickered backstage, got into a big brawl backstage, things like that. So, and TJP really was upset about it. So this uh, whole story is coming full circle uh, with these two fighting one another in the Opera Cup finals. Uh, and what a good match. This will be a rematch for these between these two guys. So, uh, but uh, the big part, another big part of the story is Tankman. He's furious. Uh, understandably so. These guys cost him his title, and we'll get uh, more detail into that in a little bit. But post-match, TJP is met up with Alicia Toot, and he, uh, Toot makes it clear that he uh, TJP should be ashamed of how he handled this whole tournament so far. Both underhanded wins, one against Alex Shelley and now against uh, Calvin Tankman. But TJP is more, it was a pretty funny way, he's more than pleased to embrace the tough work that comes with delegation. <laughs> Delegating his work. Uh, so uh, then we cut later on backstage. Alicia Toot is with Warhorse. And Warhorse is hyping up his uh, most interesting person twenty of 2021 award by Parts Unknown. And they say he's saying, hey, they spelled my name wrong. And Alicia's like, no, they spelled it right, Warhorse. He's like, no, no, it's got to be in all caps if you look at uh, Warhorse's Twitter. It's all in, in all caps. Anytime he says Warhorse, it's all caps. So he's got a point. Not misspelled, but just got a point. Miss, uh, miss what? Characterized, I guess, if you will. Um, <laughs> anyways, in comes Casey Navarro. The, these two go back at it. Casey Navarro says, Hey, I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but yeah, you know, I just, you know, that kind of thing. And Warhorse War and him literally butt heads. <laughs> and then they fight it out. And so next week, we're going to get Warhorse against Casey Navarro. That should be a good match, too. Casey Navarro is somebody to look out for. Now, back to Tankman. Emilio Sparks. He is backstage, and he wants to get word with Tankman right away about, hey, listen, if you hypothetically, if you joined with Alex Kane, do you think this would have happened? 
And Tangman does not want to talk about it right now. He's like, no, nah, man, now's not the time. Now's not the time. You can tell he's steaming. And But Emilio, ever the journalist, presses on. And uh, Tankman loses it, grabs hold of Emilio, and says, listen, they cost me my opportunity. They cost me, like, they took food out of my daughter's, off my daughter's plate. And now I got to start here, and he's furious. He's furious. But who comes to settle the, settle the waters? But Myron Reed, playing the voice of reason. He settles down Tankman, and they, those two walk off together. Uh, and that's going to be an intriguing alliance. They already teased it when uh, Myron Reed had Injustice and Jordan Oliver with him, but uh, Jordan Oliver is no longer with MLW. So this is going to be a, an interesting development to see how these two align. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having buddies, uh, You especially if you're a babyface and having somebody like Myron Reed, who's been a good balance. He started off as a as a great heel in Injustice, and now make he's – easily made the transition as more of a, a baby face role. Um, and uh, yeah, a, per, a fan favorite, if you will. So uh, we get a little tease of that, who Myron Reed will also be in the main event later tonight, along with Alex Kane. So, yep. Uh, two weeks time. We're going to see the MLW debut of Enzo. They advertised it and yeah. Uh, go back to these other episodes of uh, the fusion fight report to give my, I uh, episode three, I give my reasoning why Enzo makes perfect sense to be in Major League Wrestling. I think he really exemplifies part of the fusion aspect. So take a look at that. Um, so yes, uh, I'm excited to see Enzo in there, and uh, it'll be very cool to see uh, how he's presented and everything like that that goes on. So um, I think he's a good fit, and he will be in Dallas in January of 2022 with uh, Major League Wrestling. So yes, you got to be on the lookout for that. Uh, we get a satellite feed from, I'm going to mispronounce where they're from, Kauai, Italy. Oh my God, Italy. Why did I say Italy? Kauai, Hawaii. It's the Von Eriks. <laughs> Jeez, why was I Italy? Man, where am I at? Jeez, I am not Carmen Sandiego. Um, but Ross and Marshall Von Eric are shown on the island. And Marshall is happy to announce the birth of his second son, uh, Archie Ross Von Eric. Uh, congratulations to Marshall. Yeah, he's, you can tell he's a very proud father. Uh, he's very excited, and he always looks forward to, like, exemplifying that role, I'm sure, to his to his uh, boys and everything like that. And he says he's catching up with his dad. He's got two boys now. And so, hey, you know, he's ready to roll for to carry on the legacy. Um, but they get to the point and say, listen, we want the tag team title shots. And, uh, yeah, you know, Cesar Duran, you give it to us. And uh, they get they get intense. It's a fun promo. They they kind of get a little off the grid, which is always good to see from from the Von Ericks. And um, they're really good at kind of hyping up their their wild side of the nature. So it's pretty cool to see those guys back in the mix. I love the Von Ericks. One of the, if not the biggest baby faces in all of wrestling. Um, I was get like Daniel Bryan was one of them for up, but he recently just made the the heel turn. It looks like in AEW and Brian Danielson. So Von Ericks are right up there, but he they want. Duran, Cesar Duran to give him a call. So, yeah, not only, so this is pretty cool. So in two weeks' time, we're going to see the debut of Enzo. But we're also, now I wasn't aware of this, we're also going to get the All Japan match uh, with Tajiri defending his uh, uh, world middleweight title against Atsuki Oyoiga. Ayogi. Ayogi? Ayagi? Ayagi, I bet you it is. Ayagi. Atsuki Ayagi. Yeah. So that'll be great. Um, these 
So they did this with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah um, a little bit a couple years ago with Alex Hammerstone as the National Openweight Championship. And he took it over and fought in Pro Wrestling Noah. And it was cool, cool atmosphere. And they made a special angle of this. So this is neat to see a return of this. And we're going to get that in two weeks' time. Uh, we'll be really neat to see Tajiri's always fun. Uh, he was great at Fightland. Um, the crowd ate him up. And, like, just a just a really popular, popular star still. And uh, so, but we get a, a new debut this week, too. And it is Gnarls Garvin, who I just interviewed for WrestleZone in a MLW Fusion Fight Report special. I talked to him about 45 minutes. We talk about um, his initial uh, experience with Major League Wrestling at this event, uh, which was War Chamber. And then um, we talk about just being backstage and the element of that. And then just his journey so far in wrestling a little bit and his philosophy, which is a great old school philosophy. You can tell he really embraces the Southern aspect, wrestling aspect. And he goes into detail about that really cool perspective. perspective. He talks about growing up in a trailer park and how like wrestling was a big, big uh, helpful distraction to him from uh, other troubles that could come in with, you know, the environment he lived in you know, around that area and stuff. Cause if you grew up in a small town, you know, there's a lot of trouble that can happen because there's not a whole lot to do other than some, uh, outward activities, if you will. But we talk about that. Well, we talk about Thanksgiving. I do some rapid fire Thanksgiving questions with them and a uh, lot, lot we touch upon. So give that a listen or a watch. It is on our podcast feed and it also is on our YouTube channel. So, uh, and th this was, uh, a pleasant experience watching uh, Gnarl's uh, debut in uh, Major League Wrestling against a fan favorite in Bud Heavy, who's like the, um, how do you say it? Like the adopted son of Philadelphia. <laughs> He's had his first experience. Well, I don't know if it was his first, it wasn't his first experience in Philly because he was there before, but at MLW Battle Riot, he had a, got a huge unexpected pop. When he fought a debuting Alex Kane, the crowd was really into Bud Heavy. And uh, it was pretty cool to see. And MLW has ridden that wave for him. Like, he's come out and uh, every time he fought. Um, oh, my gosh. Who destroyed him the other? Oh, it was Mads Kruger. Mads Kruger took him out the one time. But, like, the fans, they love Bud. And how can you not love Bud? I love Bud. <laughs> he's great. Um, and he's he does such a good job at selling. And uh, has a good presence in the ring. But who also has a good presence is Gnarls Garvin. Talk to him about that, too. And uh, sure enough, he's got an attitude. He's got a look. He's got an identity. And he uh, this match was quick. Um, he beat Bud with a belly-to-back suplex. Got the one, two, three. Quick match. Um, he's just a wild card, man. And that's the, what you like to see. So he goes down. Alicia Toot goes to interview him. But he tells her to go to the back and get him a course. She does not do that. <laughs> but uh, uh, Gnarls, he just goes off. And it's a it's a really fun and wild promo that really uh, showcases who he's about and how he's going to handle himself. And he doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks. And so uh, very fun, old-school heel promo. Uh, it'll be cool to see Gnarls get in the mix of things. And I, I kind of I have some thoughts of maybe where I, it might go, but... Like the thing with Major League Wrestling, it's pretty wide open. There's like a lot of, you know, unknowns, I'm sure, with the company, especially with these releases. And I didn't even mention this last week was the open door policy that got 
announced uh, via Major League Wrestling. So, like, you know, something that MLW is very good at is bringing in talent, utilizing them in a special manner for, like, one or two tapings and uh, just making a good story out of it and getting that person over at the same time. So um, you see that with a lot of talents. Like Killer Cross, right before he signed with WWE, uh, he did Fightland 2020, and he had a presence. They hyped him. They did a good job uh, putting him in the show, putting them with his top, the top baby. Very old-school territory-esque kind of stuff. So, uh, yes, um, seeing guys that get uh, – put into the positions of, of being in major league wrestling, even for, if it's for like just a taping or two really cool to see, because it just adds to that uh, excitement in wrestling of who's going to show up. And ever since MLW's like gotten its start, even like 2002, when it first started, the, there was this influx of like diverse groups of talents, early talents that you'd see from ROH, uh, TNA. Um, it goes on like, you know, and then established stars from ECW. You had legends like Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. So a lot of stars will get utilized and positioned. It goes up to now. And even a couple years when they hit the restart button with uh, Shane Strickland. And uh, like I said, Tom Lawler, Jeff Cobb, uh, Darby Allen, I believe. Um, a lot of guys. A lot of guys came in. Matt Riddle, you know, um, MJF, big, big star. So yes, lots of lots of names have come through MLW and they've been utilized. So with this open door policy, it really you know gives uh, MLW an opportunity to utilize a lot of uh, name stars on the market, but also um, to uh, give these stars an opportunity to kind of whether it's cut their teeth for short term or maybe a little bit more of a long term with Major League Wrestling. Um, you know, it's a it's an alleyway that that they can that can be utilized. So that's going to be neat to see. Um, so I went off on a bit of a, a rant there, so I kind of lost it where I'm going. Okay. But yes, so Gnarls Garvin gets the win. Like I said, good match and a good promo afterwards. Here we go. Now, this is an interesting segment here. Alicia Toots backstage with Hammerstone and Holiday. And they're kind of having a good time a little bit, uh, playing into the fact that Holiday is not quite, you know, is he a baby face, is he a heel kind of thing. But there's also the aspect of like, uh, the end of Contra. Is this the end of Contra? And like I said earlier, Hammerstone said he thinks this is definitively, definitively the end of Contra. So I, he really put the nail in the coffin, I think, with that. You know, uh, just kind of going there. And so uh, Holiday talks about hashing out his holiday plans coming up at his uh, house slash winter residence again. And then suddenly a mass, the masked Azteca associate comes in. And what does he present to both of these guys? But Rolex watches. Hammerstone kind of looks on while Holiday is infatuated with them. He's like, wow, look at these. These are like $35,000 watches, Hammer. And like, he's like, man, he's like, you know what that is? Hammer, this is Hammer. He's like, that's bait. He's like, that's not, no, it's, that's from Duran. That's Duran and that's bait. We don't want that. And he's like, oh, come on. Like, it's, uh, what is it like? Almost like the Lord of the Rings, I guess. There's something else that really like, hey, uh, that's like very intriguing about it. It's like almost like Indiana Jones where they became infatuated with uh, the uh, like the chalice or something it was. That's what it kind of felt like was Holiday's like really into these Rolex. And he's like, oh, look at these opportunities. Like, this is good stuff. I can complete my ensemble with this. And Hammer, he's like, set, he gets serious. And he's like, no, we're not doing this. And Holiday kind of like 
relents a little bit and he's like, they're out there probably fake anyways, but come on. Like it's clearly showing a little bit of tension between the two and uh hammer walks off. What does that mean? Is this just a tease? Cause we've been talking, they've been talking definitively, like not definitively, but like they've hammered the po point home that holiday will not turn on Hammerstone. but this is kind of like shifting it up a little bit and like creating a little bit of uh, erosion, if you will, or tension here. And, uh, you know, you can almost see maybe something happening, maybe a tease for something. So, uh, but yes, the Rolexes do not get taken by either of these men. So uh, more on that in a little bit. We have Emil Sparks yet again catches up with uh, Tankman's adversary this time and Alex Kane and wants to get information on who, hey, who their associate is sitting beside him. Well, the associate says, hey, it's none of your business, and how about I beat your ass, basically? And Kane's like, hey, no, no, it's all right. He's like, this here is my newest team member. And he's like, yes, team member. And he is Mr. Thomas. So this Mr. Thomas, like I said, the big dude. Um, he actually was at uh, Fusion Taping before I've seen. Uh, but he's got a presence about him, obviously. And um, who comes bursting in uh, to this green room area but Tankman. But he's being held back by, by security and uh kane plays into it and this is a really good moment for alex kane because he's like kind of like oh yeah i'm scared like that kind of not acting like sarcastically acting like that and like he's ready to fight and all that kind of stuff really good uh heelish moments here by alex kane and he got a really good chance to like show his ability to kind of do that and convey a big a good heel and a personality you know and kane does have a personality it's pretty cool I've, he's pretty funny <laughs> he had a couple good singers during uh, the fight land tapings and stuff like that. So he's already shown that he's capable of doing that stuff. So uh, neat moment there. And uh, so, yes, a little bit more that we get of Alex Kane here. Um, then after that, I think it is. Yes. So then I think this is after commercial break. We cut to Duran's office. Who's in it but Emilio Sparks and Alicia Toot. He basically is like, hey, uh, I have two reporters here what's really the big purpose of you that you both serve here? And so it's basically like he's trying to make them pitch themselves to them. And so two goes first. And she was like, listen, she's like, I uh, have been doing this since I was about 16. And I, you know, am able to connect with an interview subject on a, on a better level. And I think I can give a lot more to interviews than just like a fluff piece. And, you know, you get more of a, a whole kind of encompassment or, of, of a talent and things like that, because I can relate and empathize and all that stuff. And um, then Emilio makes his pitch saying like, listen, the cute stuff is nice. Colin, what Alicia does is cute. He said, but hey, this is a war zone. MLW is a war zone. And I'm basically a war zone reporter here. And I'm on the beat. I'm afraid. I'm not afraid to take chances and ask questions. And they cite that too. Like he was, he was the guy backstage during Fatu and, like spying on Contra and that kind of thing. And um, who comes in but Carly uh, Perez, uh, formerly of Lucha Underground. And uh, if you listened to last week, she and uh, Duran, who have, both have a history together, form this alliance of painting MLW Red, basically. And uh, you can kind of see maybe some seeds being planted in this segment as uh, Carly's like, uh, hey, uh, why don't we like doing the dark night joker thing where they break the pull cue in half and let them two fight it out to see who survives 
Duran's intrigued by that, but he's like, I like both of your guys' work, but what we need is more scoops, more exclusives. And he's like, so, you know, get to it, basically. So it's pretty neat to see, like, hey, okay, you're used to, like, uh, maybe pressure being put on wrestlers, but this is between reporters and things like that. So what is this going to lead to? Is this uh are we going to get a heel reporter and a, a baby face reporter? What, or are they, they going to like find an alliance with one another? How is this all going to shake out? Because you're thinking too, a two is, uh, you know, has this tension with uh, Richard holiday. Emilio is like, kind of like this uh, rogue kind of in this rogue role of, of getting scoops and stuff like that. But he was kind of playing a heel too, in a little bit of this uh, segment. Um, so I don't, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here exactly because they, these two weren't seeing eye to eye. Like a toot and sparks, they weren't. So it's like, what is where is this all gonna go here? Uh pretty cool segment. Uh it just adds to like the evilness and uh mistrust that you one, the viewer should have of Cesar Duran and Carly Perez now too. Like, what are these two up to? It's no good, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh but after they exit, in comes the Azteca uh, associate with the Rolex and uh duran is not very pleased about this hey his plan thing didn't work or heck you know what maybe it did mm. Mm. all right main event time it is the national open weight championship ladder match a five-man ladder match and it is between alex shelley zenshi myron reed alex kane and the wild card so all these stars come out waiting on the wild card who comes out but ACH making his return to wrestling. He took a hiatus for a while, and now he's back. And according to reports from Fightful, he's back on a on a pretty steady uh, run with Major League Wrestling coming up here. So uh, pretty cool to see ACH back. He's always a good talent. I like his look a lot. Um, yeah, and he's just an all-around, like, kind of quality, quality wrestler. So it'll be neat to see him back in the mix and how they utilize him moving forward, you know, Especially, heck, you know, going to Dallas, he's from Texas, man. So it'd be pretty neat to see him back in that mix, too. So, yeah, this was a great match. Um, very cool spots here by all men involved. It's neat to see Alex Shelley in this. Alex Shelley, I've always been a fan of since uh, the TNA days and everything. So, but neat spots here. Uh, they really showcased the power of Kane, who uh, leveled out. It, it, everybody ganged up on Kane to start the match, basically. And then Kane took. Two of them out with a double lariat and then took another two out with a double suplex. And so, uh, but then uh, there's a pretty neat moment too where Zenshi tries not to utilize the ladder to get the belt. He utilizes the ropes. He springs board off the top rope and leaps. He touches the belt, but cannot pull it down. Pretty neat moment there. I've never really seen that before. So it's kind of neat to see that. Um, uh, so uh, let's see here. Reed uh, does do some athletic things. Uh, something that's very neat that he does in the match is he does his hot uh, flame cutter or no, it's flame on cutter. I'm sorry. His flame on cutter springboard from the, as uh, ACH is climbing the ladder, uh, he springboards off the ropes, bounces back off like uh, the, the art of finesse almost and hits, gives the cutter to ACH off the ladder. It was a really neat spot. Well done by both guys there. Um, and so that was pretty cool. Um, then he gives uh, Alex Kane a flame on cutter on the ladder. I believe, uh, or just gives it to him later on. Yeah, no, he just nails it with the later on. Um, uh, Shelly does show some ruthlessness here against Zenchi, uh, slams the, the ladder, sandwiches him in the ladder and slams it onto him and stuff like that. So pretty neat stuff. Um, 
ACH comes behind. Okay, so there's a neat moment too where Zenshi literally almost does like a Shelton Benjamin thing with Alex Shelley in the corner. And he's like running up the leaning ladder by the rungs. But uh, ACH runs up behind him and suplexes him off. And then Kane takes uh, ACH and suplexes him. So pretty neat spot there. And then um, eventually the both la two ladders get set up in the middle of the ring. Uh, well, before that, though, uh, Reed does leap off onto Alex Kane and Mr. Thomas. Uh, onto both in a high-flying spot. But then uh, Kane is down and all four men, yeah, begin to fight at the top of the ladder. Two ladders here. So pretty neat visual there, everything. All these guys duking it out. And it's ultimately Zenshi who, who gets the better of the whole ordeal here, too, by giving a head scissors to Myron Reed off the ladder. So then uh, Alex Shelley sees the opportunity and begins climbing. He looks like he might be taking the belt, but from behind comes Kane, puts him in a sleeper hold, and then throws him out of the ring, climbs the ladder, pulls down the belt. We have a new national openweight champion in Alex Kane, the second ever national openweight champion. So congrats to Kane. Uh, like I said, they really put him over in this uh, in this episode. He was the MVP of this show, no doubt about it. And um, you know, he got moments to talk. He had moments to showcase himself as a heel, uh, further his feud with Calvin Tankman, who came out at the end of the show, too, to argue with him. And, uh, yes, that crowning moment of him becoming the national openweight champion. It means big things for Kane to come because uh, you think about it, Alex uh, Hammerstone, the only man to ever hold that, uh, that national openweight title. And so uh, giving it to Kane means a lot. Uh, he, I think he, I absolutely sure he can handle it and create some intriguing matchups we got this feud with um tankman here um i haven't even talked about jacob fatu here you know uh what's next for him he's clearly it's looking like there's a big indication he's gonna be in a baby face role and that'll be awesome to see because the fans have been wanting to cheer fatu for quite a while it's they can't help it when he's athletic and does his shit in the ring it's cool to see he's a badass legit badass ass kicker so uh Getting the Samoan Werewolf in a babyface role will be awesome. Uh, it'll be neat to see. Obviously, he's going to, like, butt heads, it looks like, with Kruger starting off. Uh, maybe not, though. You know, like, you can definitely see Gnarls Garvin either gunning for him. Uh, and even in the interview, Garvin said to me that he's up for anybody. I mean, he mentioned Fatu. He mentioned Hammerstone. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities here. And like I said, that open-door policy, who knows co who's coming into the business, who's going to be in the league and mixing it up for a couple of shots or maybe for a longer term kind of thing. You just don't know this. It's a wild, it's going to be a wild 2022. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, the tag division is pretty great too, because you have 5150, you have Los Parks, you have the Von Ericks. So uh, a little bit of everything going on. The featherweight division is still in its early stages. So it'll be cool to see that grow into something. And um I, I, like I said, looking forward to the debut of Enzo here in two weeks. Um, and next week, we're going to get the Opera Cup Finals between TJP and Davey Richards. Should be very awesome. Both guys can really go. Uh, the heat that TJP got in their first match was great. Philly was calling him TJ Pussy. <laughs> it was crazy. And Davey Richards is just the technical worker expert. Awesome. Awesome. So great to see him back. You can tell, too, just by his social media presence, how much he loves being with MLW. And uh, he's a definitely a proud member of the league, so it's pretty cool to see. Um, fun, fun product to watch. Get on it, guys! If you haven't watched it, tune in. This was 
I, I'm happy to give this recap every week. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy covering it for Major League Wrestling. I enjoy doing all the work for them as well as for WrestleZone. So it's been a fun ride. Check out my interview with Narles Garvin. Uh, you'll like it a lot as well. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Right below me there, Dominic D'Angelo. You can also send me an email if you want more of a long-form question or have some feedback. Trash me. Trash, you know, anything that I have to say, my opinion. I don't care. But you can hit me up via email, dpdangelo at gmail.com. Um, trying to think what else I have kicking for you guys. Uh, just be on the lookout for some uh, maybe some cool feature articles. Um, and, yeah, I'm always, I'm always at the grind, man. It's what you got to do. It's what you got to do in this business. Even after you eat a whole bunch of leftovers, you still got to be at the top of your game. I, it's fueling me, man. It's fueling me. So I'm ready to go. Like I said, hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. And, yes, I will see you next week on the MLW Fusion. Fight for four.